This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 276. I'm your host, Brian. During this evening, Ian. I have returned, and then I'm going to vanish again, and then return again, but... <laughs> and the dumbass himself. Brian. Yes. I am your father, brother, nephew, cousin, former roommate. What's that uh, make are, me? Are you the cousin's friend who has this oh, come on. Vaccine? You're not even going to let him finish it? No, the answer is, well, what's that make me? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. There you go. <laughs> but I thought now it was the cousin's friend who has um, enlarged testicles because of the vaccine. Uh, have you, is that one of the things out there you've read about the vaccine? Gave somebody uh, large Nicki testicles? Nicki Minaj made that claim that her uh, cousin's friend has enlarged testicles. Yet when contacting... The government down there where her cousin lives, there's nothing at all out there that this ever happened. There's no report of it. And she, of course, won't give any of the actual information to go and be able to talk to um, this person. Yeah, because of privacy, but, right? Yeah, because of privacy. Yet, um, actually, if he's getting medical treatment for this, that's kind of in the public eye because um, of reasons. So Here's the thing. I, don't, I, I just don't understand. I mean, maybe she just shouldn't have said anything. Because maybe yeah. he doesn't want it talked about, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean... But still, you'd think he'd be getting medical treatment. And well. there's no evidence of anyone getting medical treatment for that. You know. So enlarged testicles is an actual thing, right? Yeah. But I have not yet... How does she... I mean, the, the question is, how do you connect that to, to the vaccine? These people connect <laughs> anything... I mean, it's like, how, how do you how do you know that yeah. that's what happened? Oh, yeah. well, and that's another issue of it. But you can't even start until you can go... And find out, you know, what what the doctors have looked into or, you know, any of the stuff that happened around it. All we have is one claim from her about a cousin's friend who had the issue. And that's proof enough. Of, you know, all the conservatives are busy like, why are they dogging and mocking um, her for um, coming out about it? And everyone's like, well, there's not enough facts in that small little thing she said. Yeah, there's no facts so, in what she said. <laughs> yeah, you and and by the way, PSA here, um, if, uh, if a uh, public health worker... Uh, insists on trying to vaccinate you in your testicles. Uh, that is uh, probably not a legitimate public health worker. Um, there, yeah. there are legitimate vaccination clinics that uh, that pop up. You should uh, uh, make sure that uh, they have some sort of official credentials. Right, but here's the thing: if you are if you're considering plastic surgery, Nicki Minaj is probably a reasonable person to have a conversation with. But if this is about vaccination, I'm I'm not sure how you get there. Yeah. And even still, even with even with, you know the plastic surgery, the, the, I mean, I, I'm still not going to take medical advice from her. But you know, you can ask her how all of hers have been. She's had her boob, her butt. I mean, everything's been done on her, right? She's so plastic at this point that she's a reasonable person to talk to about plastic surgery, but not medical advice. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Ian, where are you going to be the next time we're podcasting? Hello, Ian. Ian, we lost him. Nicki Minaj got to him. Mr. Cannon? Probably sat on his face. You know, he should go by Mr. Cannon. Mr. Cannon? <laughs> oh. He sounds like some sort of uh, 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 main character movie star action hero, Mr. <laughs> Cannon. Uh, well, what the heck happened to him? That's funny. Ooh, ooh. Maybe maybe he, he all his books uh, should be uh, I.B. Cannon. <laughs> Did he mute himself? Let's see. Looks like he's muted. Have no idea. Oh. Why the mic went out suddenly? Should I just okay. Well, you're it? back. Let's try that again. Tell us where you're going to be uh, next time we're podcasting. Yeah. 
So, um, Mile High Con has it will be starting back up live this year, and I will be there as always. Um, and it's been a pretty good year for conventions already, because um, for the last month here in Colorado, there have been conventions like every weekend, because due to due to when the restrictions were relaxed, everyone suddenly okay, we got to start scheduling um, conventions before the end of the year. So. All the conventions end up being um, September, October, and stuff instead of normally spread out better throughout the year. So there's been conventions like crazy, and they've been getting attention, which is good, which is what we want because we want the conventions to actually make money and keep going. And I will be selling books both this next weekend at WhimsyCon, and um, although I doubt this podcast will be out by then, that's why I'm not making a big deal about WhimsyCon. But I'll probably get out right for Mile High Con, which I'll also be selling books at. So I want both of them to have crowds. So, so- the fact that um, all the conventions lately have actually had really packed crowds, and there's been no sign of any um, uh, bad, bad, uh, what's it called, spreading, because um, you know a mask policy is in place on all of them, and um, but not a vac- not a vaccination policy, I assume. That um, they've talked about it, but they all agreed that'd be kind of hard to enforce. Yeah, it's extremely, I, yeah, I, I yeah. I, so, but the mask policy, on the other hand, yeah. Hey, wait a minute, why are you not wearing a mask? And and basic policy is. Everyone needs to be wearing a mask unless you're actually on the stage performing. Mm-hmm. So especially like musical numbers and stuff. Yeah, you kind of don't want to try and sing through the mask and stuff. Yeah, that, uh, yeah stage, that also make great spreader events, though. People up there singing. Yeah, but, <laughs> you, you know, small crowd. It's not like everyone's yeah, yeah. going to be up there at the same time. Sure. And then if you are in a, you're on a panel and have a need to remove your mask, and the audience itself is fine with that, you can take your mask off. Okay. But other than that, you, um, people are supposed to wear their masks the whole time within the convention area. You, you, here's the thing. You guys are better vaccinated up there than we are here in Texas anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't go anywhere near a, a, a public mm-hmm. gathering in Texas. Yeah. No, um, most of the friends I know of who go to the conventions are all fully vaccinated. Um, I believe, uh, I believe um, not not your entire state, but uh, a good majority of it is a, is a dump, dumpster fire now. <laughs> yeah, it's not good down here. Well, here's the, it was funny. I so Mac called me to let me know that you know he he uh, he wasn't going to be on tonight, and he uh, he he wasn't sure if Ian was going to be here because it's talk like a pirate day. <laughs> yeah. so, he, so, so he says yesterday actually. So he says that there'll be nobody from the U.S. on the podcast. I'm like, oh, oh, I see. So, so Texas, you're. De- <laughs> he says, yeah, you're, you're, Texas is this nothing. <laughs> he he well, he's separating Texas to, from um, the rest of the U.S. We're trying not to accept blame for Texas now. I think is what it is. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Florida's not. I mean, well, okay, we we've got a lot of, of bad shit going on here down in Texas right now. Yeah, if you're a woman, I you know I, I run with you like your hair's on fire. Um, but yeah, it's. But Florida, I mean, Ron DeSantis is, is not is he's not a better governor. I mean, our governor and our governor's you know his his ratings slip every time he talks. So I don't know what's going to happen down here. But so uh, like, are we having like uh, Texas and Florida like ratings off? Which one is worse? Yeah, they keep throwing each other the beer. Here, you hold this. Right. No, you hold this. No, you hold this. But well, Texas, I mean, Texas really is winning bad. Um, Texas man stories out there yeah. so you know you guys haven't quite beat florida for that for, for some of the most bizarre news stories ever seen. okay but but for legal news we've got them trumped yeah i mean well, for, yeah. For that... florida haven't had the, the power grid die because it was too cold and then a few months later because it was too hot well that was texas yeah that's what i'm saying florida oh yeah i haven't had that fun yet well i, I was just talking about the the abortion law we passed yeah 
that's completely it, it, the, the fact that the Supreme Court didn't step in on that that they just let that go with the shadow docket. It just shows just how um, politically partisan you know that they are. Even 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 Judge Roberts is like, no, we should have put a you know a, a stay in effect on that. But yeah, so if you, if a woman gets an abortion down here now and you know about it, you report her and and. And they'll pay all no. your legal fees, and and you get to as a vigilante, you know, sue them. Yeah, though that's what I understand. The 10, sue the provider, not the person. You can get ten, the ten thousand, what you can get from the people you sue, not from the government itself, right? Nope, they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay you the finder's fee. Okay. That this whole thing, that this whole thing is funded by the government, but you have to act as a vigilante. It, it's essentially, yeah. a, you know, a, a legalized vigilante law. But remember how the conservatives were telling us how bad it was the idea of turning in your neighbors. Right, exactly. Well, but that that's different. <laughs> now we're, that that until we're talking about woman's autonomy, you know that you know uh, it doesn't count. Now you can make big bucks for turning in your neighbors. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it it really it really I mean everything about the law is is unconstitutional, and the fact that the Supreme Court let it go is is just bewildering. And then Amy Conan Barrett gets up at some 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 function that she was at, and she's like, "I'm really worried about the perception of the court that you know people think that we're being partisan. They they don't understand the difference between between you know a political ideology and and a and a legal ideology. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? The way that you do it, there's no difference. So yeah, you're worried about the perception of the court. Yeah, well, that's um, part of the problem of the conservative fundamentalists for a while. They don't understand the difference between those two. Well. Amy Coney Barrett is here's the thing that those people are bought and paid for number one you know mm-hmm. I mean how Kavanaugh managed you know to get all the money that he's got to pay off all of his bills somebody owns his ass but that's that's just my conspiracy that's just my conspiracy theory I guess but Amy Coney Barrett you know she's she's Supreme Court stupid I I, I don't know Ter- uh, Clarence Thomas might still be the stupidest justice I don't know but man she's right there but you know between the, between the, uh, the 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 five of them, you know that that are Catholic justices, they're gonna let us know. All right, I, th- I think we lost Ian again. Uh, we still here. Oh, okay. okay. Let's move on. Let's get. I, I'm let's... just being polite. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You I, see I, what I did? I, I, I try and be polite. I know. And let you talk, and we lost him again because he's being quiet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna cut that out, but no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. What time is it, dumbass? Wait, wait, no. I, I know exactly exactly how uh, we need to do this. Okay. So, Ian, Ian, I want you to say, it's time for Ian, and then I'll take it from there. <coughs> the... it's... No, no, wait, hold on. I, I, now, Brian, Brian. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm here, I'm make, here. I, I'm going to have to ask you to promise to edit uh, this before part where we're awkwardly discussing <laughs> this stuff and making ourselves look like fools. We'll edit that out oh, before of course. we start this. <laughs> You're going to promise me, absolutely promise me you're going to do that, right? I'm going to edit it from this section. I'm going to put it right up front, but for this section, I'll edit it. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's, let's, let's do it. Go ahead, Ian. Okay, it's time for Ian and... And, okay, I said I, we were supposed to stop at Ian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But okay, we, we can do it. Uh, no, we'll do I'll it. stop at Ian, that's good. Yeah. It's time for Ian... And Dumbass's Masturbation Moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people 
while they touch themselves. No longer the masturbation empire. We've got, we, 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 we've got, we've gone back to your uh, roots. The, the dumbass uh, masturbation media empire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I got a couple of things in here, I guess. But I, this first one I had to put in here, I don't know. Did you guys have an opportunity to read this? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, Shea Shifting Cam Girl rewrites the rules of digital porn. Now, of course, I, I found this when we were um, talking about all the other um, OnlyFans stuff. Um, but it didn't. But it. But it didn't work for for all the other right. stuff I was talking about. So, th- so this this woman, and she goes what she goes by Coconut Kitty on OnlyFans. Um, she she's done something kind of interesting here in that she's using, um, you know, digital image editing software to change her appearance. The accusation was that she was trying to make herself look younger in order to attract, you know, the the pedophile yeah. money. And she claims that isn't true, um, but it, it, either way, it, it is interesting that the way that she is using the technology. And, and I, it some people doesn't show any pictures of what she's made herself look like, so it's hard to. Yeah, so here it says, that, but she, but she, what she, what she's trying to look like is a Disney princess. So it says, right. that, so Dietz denies having um, uh, continuously gunned for for teens or even youth look. The inspiration and by for. The way, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. Age play isn't the same thing as pedophilia. It, well, that's, yeah. and that's fine, and I, I totally agree with you. I'm just, I'm just citing the article. Mm-hmm. Um, co- coconut. See, she didn't, she wasn't trying to look younger. Oh. The inspiration for Coconut Kitty's face, she says, came from uh, animated characters or Disney princesses who tend to be very young women. Snow White is fourteen, Jasmine is fifteen, while Ariel and Aurora are sixteen. But the first and foremost, Deet says, are pedagons of ideal feminine feminine beauty. Um, and so, th- I think that. Re, some people, you know, so, so she's gotten a lot of, of backlash from certain people, but when she started to do this, like her, um, she say her Instagram account went from like a couple thousand to like three million. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's clearly. Darn you! You you made me have to look up pictures of her. So this is one of the ones that looks like it's been retouched. I'm sending you guys. Okay, great. Um, yeah, put it on the Twitter feed. Okay, cool. So yeah, so yeah, here's he, but but here's the thing is that um wow. Okay. Huh. So, this is quite the impressive um, um, assets. <laughs> so, but but here's the thing. Uh, see, Deet's fans apparently uh, appreciate the transformation. She says that before the change, she had about seven seven hundred thousand followers on her Instagram. So I I way um, underestimated that. Since then, she um, her rise of uh, let's see expo digitally. Am I reading that right? Into into over three million. Um, on the OnlyFans, she publishes explicit picture, ex- explicit pictures and videos, also sporting her new year, new look. These has um, assumed ten thousand seven hundred paying subscribers, each shelling out about uh, let's see, eight pounds or eleven dollars a month, eighty percent of which goes directly to her. So that's making a living, yeah. right? She 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 has come up with 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 the thing that that obviously. It's it's a niche that people are, are looking to looking to purchase, and it's working. I and and you know from where I'm sitting, you know, porn already is 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 just fantasy. So the idea yeah. that she's changing the way digitally changing the way she looks and, and 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 you know and doing these things doesn't bother me. 
right? And she, she doesn't look in any way underage to me. No, she doesn't. Yeah. But I mean, but she, but even if she's making but, herself look younger, right, yeah. to to attract certain types of people, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have an issue with that, right? right? Because that this is this would be an appropriate outlet for those people as well. Mm-hmm. I I think totally that agree. yeah, and so I mean this so. They do talk about Western Western ideals and how the, how how this, how what she's doing will rub rubs up against Western ideals, and I don't disagree with that. It certainly does, but I don't have a problem with what she's doing, and obviously it's it's working. And to my mind, I, I don't I don't I don't see the harm. No, me neither. Just the fact that it's a bit distracting to look through her Twitter page, but. I mean, and I'm I'm not sure how it's even like newsworthy for people to be commenting this much on it. I mean, like it seems like uh, Bailey, uh, she's she's uh, making new looks for herself uh, yeah. and doing photo shoots. That like like um, people do that all the time. Uh, on yeah. Who are models? They they take on new looks and uh, sell photos, uh, uh, different looks and different poses. It's, uh, yeah, and, this this and, is utterly normal. And in truth, this is physically healthier for her than going through a bunch of surgeries and stuff and doing all sorts of, you know, chemicals and whatnot to her skin. Sure. It's just weird to be saying that she's rewriting the rules of digital porn. And I'm like, no. this is normal. <laughs> um, so this is uh, a quote from a doctor. Um, you see, the but, argument uh, that Dietz is catering to pedophilia is hard to back up. Henry Ald- Alger, a uh, deep fakes and digital media expert says um, that is that it is nigh or or impossible to accurately determine the age of a face in some cases you can argue that the face is clearly young but I don't but I don't think Dietz is in that place yeah. you'd probably argue that Dietz Dietz coconut kitty's face is certainly 16 and above probably 18 or 19 he said yeah. I don't think that there is a way of saying uh, definitively how old the face is. Dietz won't say how old she is in real life. And um, her assets are quite um, noticeable, and they don't feel uh, like a little girl's assets. Well, I'll say this, though. I I think that large breasts make people look at look at a girl and determine that they're much older than they are. And it happens to my to, to my daughters all the time. So I think that large breasts is is, is a misnomer of age as well. Well, yeah, it, it is. But with pedophilia, you're supposed to be attracted to um, aspects that make them appear underage. Yeah, it's going to – exactly. So, well, okay, it, from that point, strictly from that point, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it, 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 would, it would probably not be what a, what a, a strict yeah, – pedophilia is not going to go yeah, with someone I mean, who has uh, uh, yeah, a sizable breath. A pedophile would, pro- would probably not uh, be interested in the teenager. That and isn't, isn't – if the – I thought that for it to be a pedophile, that they were looking at you know girls like under twelve or even younger. That it. Yeah, that, I believe so. Um, yeah. I think there, there, there are different terms for. There's a, there's a term for teleophile and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for like twelve we, to sixteen. Yeah, ago, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so but, so so pedophile is absolutely the wrong word entirely because you're never yeah. going to think she's twelve. Right. Her, her assets are definitely not those of a child. No. Yeah, it's one of those things that bug me, the way people misuse the word pedophile. Yeah. Let's see. So this uh, here's another. Um, according to Maggie McDonald, a Ph.D. researcher at the University of Toronto, that's in Canada, sorry, who specializes in porn platforms, the outrage elicited at, um, by Dietz digital re, uh, restyling speaks first and foremost to the Western cultural tendency to 
act folk devilish rather than the um, underlying folk, uh, rather than the underlying cause that makes the makes them emerge. In other words, the sexualization of young women is nothing new. What is new is the enterprising and in candid and technical savvy entrepreneur playing the game by completely re- remaking herself online. So that so that so yeah so this entrepreneuring young woman found a way to attract the attention of a whole bunch of people and and, and find a way to make a living. And yes, she does look young. She's yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. she looks young. But you know, unless you can prove she's underage, nothing she's doing is illegal. She's not doing milk I mean, porn. Uh, almost all of the girls that I look at in porn are young. They yeah. they look young. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah, she's not doing milk porn, so I probably <laughs> I probably won't see her on my outings. I mean, I mean, um, I don't look at milk porn. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, and the the article goes on to say that actually, what's going on here is is kind of mild. That 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 what's probably going to happen is that this is just the start, and that somebody else is going to find a way to take it even much further. It's the way right? technology works. Yeah, exactly. That's the way technology works. So so she, she's found. This way to, to you know to do this that works for her, but somebody else is going to say, "Okay, how do I have sex with a Wookie?" <laughs> I've seen that. Um, yeah, right. But it, uh, and and and, and aliens <laughs> fucking and and stuff like that. I mean that. I mean, how is she? How is the next person going to make themselves look like an alien having sex with having sex with somebody? Right. I mean, so this this is tame can compared Brian, to what's I possible. You said you were like a um. Regular, and my, my understanding is she's just using some mild filters here, right? The type that you might use on Snapchat or something. Yeah, that's what it looked like. I it, you know, I don't know what else she's doing. Um, you know, looking at uh, all these other pictures, she there's, she's clearly doing a, a a bunch of different things. Yeah, you you can see different looks with different shapes of the faces and stuff within them. You know, she's definitely playing around with it a bit to give her different looks. You know, I do know that there are apps that allow you to like uh, change, uh, like uh, video chat and like uh, change yourself into like an animal or something. So, like, uh, yeah, furry things uh, could be a, <laughs> yeah. a real, uh, a real boon market. There. Are you saying we might not have to re- use a real pony? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I... we'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep that we'll keep that uh, that pony around. She she's been good to us. <laughs> anyway, I salute her. I I, I I say that there's a lot of haters out there. I say what she's doing obviously is working, and and I and I think that she should continue to go for it. And she does help other women. Um, I said oh, I didn't say women in the article. Other people do do the same kind of thing. She says she doesn't tell them everything that she's doing, right? Because she doesn't want somebody to copy her look and what she's doing, right? Right. But if they but them coming up with their own thing, she she she's willing to help them out. Apparently, so so you you're saluting her with your lower arm, right? Yes, with the with, <laughs> with my twenty first finger. Yeah, no, I I I I, I applaud this, right? Because she yeah. she found a niche, it's working, and I and I'm just happy that she that may and I don't know, maybe she moved off of OnlyFans, but during that whole thing, I, I don't know. But I'm just glad that she that there are places where that she can do this, and that people that are interested can fi- can find her on those platforms. So yeah, there you go. And if I had thought of it first, it would have been me in those pictures. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to have some um, nightmares. <laughs> yeah, anything I can do to help. <laughs> Whatever keeps you up at night, I'll provide. All right, you guys remember OnlyFans was found 
found guilty by a by a jury or by a, by a grand jury. Mm. OnlyFans? Not OnlyFans. Netflix. Sorry. No. I, I okay. Well, yeah, so I guess we're moving on to something that oh. has uh, slightly more credible, slightly more credible, I guess, uh, reasons to uh, be uh, suspicious of uh, mm? underage sexual shenanigans. Okay. I suppose. Well, we're not really though. This yeah. this website. So I I had I had for, I, I had forgotten how long ago it was that it hasn't quite been a year yet. I think October will make it a year. Ah. Um, October. Yeah, this is October. So this was posted October seventh. So you know, so it was they were, and they were found um, by a grand jury in Texas, and it you know that basically that you know that they were guilty of some sort of underage trafficking or something. Let's see the claim: a grand jury indicted. This is from Truth or Fiction, which I found to be an interesting site. Uh, a grand jury indicted Netflix <clears throat> and a charge um, to release. Uh, Re, uh, charge related to the release of Cuties, a controversial French film about a French girl dance troupe. That's, uh, the, you know, but having watched indicted. Cuties, what's that? That's one of the things you put out there is the indictment's the key. They've only been indicted. They were never Right, that, that's exactly it, right? Here's all, the, all indicted basically means is there's evidence that this might be true, we won't look into. Exactly. And so what this article says is that Netflix is a ham sandwich. In in other words, they, they say that um that the these um grand juries are a tool of the prosecutor and they can basically get them to to come back with a you know with with a um an indictment on just about anybody they want if they want to move forward. Yeah. Um and I didn't I actually did not realize how easy it was to get an indictment, but based up, according to this, it, getting the indictment is is that that's the walk in the park. Putting together a case that that that's something totally different. Uh, it says here in 22 states, the prosecutors must obtain an indictment before they can prosecute a felony prosecution. And while it sounds like a fancy legal term, don't be fooled. Indictments are easy to obtain, and and certainly we we kind of said that here um, when we you know when we when we talked about it initially, just how flimsy it would, flimsy it would be. And the legal analysis of this, they say number one that all the articles, none of them had an actual legal analysis when they when they put them out, right? Nobody, no, they just just the fact that there was an indictment was what really what all of those uh, the other two were about. I put the other two in there not because um, only because they, I think that they were the originals that that we saw, right? Um, and then I also I found a place to search for for the for legal doc for legal dockets online, and of course it it doesn't show up. Netflix is definitely being sued. Um, but uh, but not not for cuties, uh, and, yeah. and it is really not surprising that they're involved in some sort of you know legal pro- legal prosecution. They're a big company, right? Yeah. Um, I, I looked up oh, my it company. It does sound fancy and official when you say the Texas grand jury did something. Yeah, and you know, no, no one, the majority of the population would not understand the indictment is not a serious thing. You know, they, uh, you know, Texas grand jury indicted. Oh my God, they're in trouble now. It's kind of like actually. That, that's just for attention, nothing more. Exactly, and that's exactly what it was, and that's what this article actually c- kind of goes into, that this was just about getting attention, and that they think that it was probably likely that um, the guy who was trying to do this had bigger aspirations, so yeah. he wanted to get the indictment to just get some exposure. Um, I think that's what they said. But the other thing is that they went through the analysis, and they said, listen, this went to Sundance. 
it got many. I think it was Sundance. It, it's it's been it's received many international yeah. awards. The, one one of the things that they that they have to show is that this has no um, no artistic. Um, what right. do they say? Uh, artistic value, and that's clearly untrue. And the other thing is that it's also clear that that they didn't sit there before the indictment and watch this movie. Right? They just they just wanted to they just wanted to get an indictment. Um, right. Because having watched it, I'm I, the dance troupe is kind of while important. The what's going on at home was really the story of of, of what's happening in yeah. that. Right. So they didn't they didn't watch it all. So I just I just thought this was, I didn't want to lose track of this. There, there's never going to be an indictment if if there hasn't been, well, no, there's been an indictment, or not an indictment. There's never there's never yeah. going to be a prosecution. They're, they don't yeah. they they would lose their asses on this and they know it. Right. They just it was just about a headline. That's all that this all was for. And I don't know what the cost of doing that is, but it's probably I mean wh- whatever it was, the state didn't care. And Netflix still seems to be going strong. So even yeah. you know with, with all these supposed um, subscribers that jump ship at that point, you know, there's a there's a lot to <laughs> criticize Netflix about about how they advertise this movie. Yeah, they I did, agree with that completely. Yeah, big they, they, disservice to the movie. And yeah, Netflix actually right now does not have as much of the market share it did a few years ago when it was the only streaming service out there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now when there's uh, a, you know probably about a dozen or so now it seems, um, yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to keep their market share. That's just logic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they they well, but I mean, I think most people have one or two of them, and I think Netflix is still fairly popular, and they still do a lot of really yeah. good stuff, and more and more right. all the time. It, it does seem like uh, their advertising uh, on it made, made the whole movie seem more salacious rather than uh, a more uh, uh, serious and um, uh, more thoughtful exploration of a young person's sexuality. Right. Yeah. And we hope Netflix had learned from that. It's like, well, okay, yeah, you know, realize what the movie's about and yeah, focus yeah. on that. Had they been more upfront about and actually were honest about what the movie was about, I don't think that nobody, there would never would have been an indictment, right? Yeah. It would have just been a coming-of-age story about a girl. and But instead, you know, they, they I don't know, they screwed up. It, it, right. it was bad. I can agree with that fully. Man, all of these are mine. Here, let's do let's do yours, Ian. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. Casey Owens, oh, God. All right, well, so this is one... Um, that I had seen some memes and stuff on, and then um, because of one of those um, free subscription things, we actually are getting time right now. And so I, I got the actual cover and was looking at it, and then I wanted to look up more information, and this is one of those really stupid, stupid things that's out there. So Candace Owens, a uh, big-time conservative media presence, blames Meghan Markle for Prince Harry's emasculation on time cover. So um, time because yeah. he's standing behind standing behind her and hunting down a bit because he's naturally taller than her, so he has to hunt down a bit to for them to be at the same level. So um Time magazine the um is saying the top one hundred in- influential couples or people most in- yeah the the world's one hundred most influential people right now. And that's who they picked for their cover was Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. The cover has Meghan in front um, looking quite attractive, with Harry right behind her. Like I said, he's hunched down a bit. If, if you um, pay attention, he is slightly taller. Sure than her. So much of a hunch. Like there, there's a certain amount of adjustment you can do with your head and neck. I think that isn't hunching so much yeah, as well, a, just repositioning yourself into a certain pose. Right. So he's he's repositioned so it looks like they're at the same height. 
He has his hand gently on her shoulder um, with a fairly standard expression on his face. And somehow that's um, emasculate. Well, he does look very pretty. <laughs> he, uh, he, for, for a man, he does look... Um, I'll, I'll give him that. You know, not quite my thing. I definitely find um, his wife um, far more attractive. But yeah, you know, he, he doesn't look um, hideous. I don't know. He might be prettier than she is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, uh, and here's the stuff she was saying. The live emasculation of Prince Harry continues. I would never want my husband to, in- to be embarrassed like this in front of the world. Oh, how embarrassing. Yeah. Look at him, the fool. He's standing behind a woman. <laughs> so here's the breakdown. Harry stands beside and behind her, with one hand placed rather self-consciously on her shoulder, while she employs a slightly more tentative hand touch at waist level, to be directing us towards his wife in terms of the real power and brains of the family. Yeehaw. And, th- and, and that is the only part she gets right, and that's the part we should applaud. She's in charge, and that's a good thing. You know what? Uh, they pro- there are probably like uh, five billion versions of this uh, picture uh, of them in all sorts of different poses, and this one was uh, picked out. You know, yeah. it's like, and and she's like uh, analyzing minute details of the postures and body language, and it's like, uh, no, this is just one among the millions of variations uh, of this picture that they chose. Yeah. I mean, it's a good likeness of both of them. You can see their faces really well. Once more, he's positioned so they look the same height, so it's not an awkward picture where, you know, you have to try and figure out the framing a bit better. You know, they look like a, you know, attractive couple. I really preferred the version of this where a coconut kitty made him look like a Wookiee and her look like a Talaxian. <laughs> but, you know, this is some of the stuff we're dealing with. Um, You have these people that are so big on trying to point out, oh, that's emasculating. And it's almost like, well, first off, is that really an insult? You know, I, I, do we want to keep measuring society like that? You know, the men have to be super masculine because, you know, masculinity is all that matters. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, I, I like, to- yeah, the, the whole emasculating thing makes make no sense. Like, I mean, like, uh, masculinity... Uh, it only matters if you want it to matter. Like it, it, it's like um, why? And, and masculinity doesn't mean that you have to be tougher than a woman. Yeah. You you say that now, but next year when you know when the pandemic has just continued to cripple our society, and you're fighting in the Thunderdome for your life, you're gonna <laughs> wish that you had been to the gym. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and the whole thing is um. You know, are they to me? It's more important. Are they a loving couple? Or do they have a good, strong relationship? I don't give a shit whether or not you think he's masculine or that she's the power in the relationship. Um, it's more important whether or not they actually have a healthy relationship than who's running things. And you know um, what? Whether they have a healthy relationship or not is kind of none of our business. That's true. That, that that's true as well. But that's why I'd rather be focused on than these weird perceptions of let's try and um say that she's emasculating him and um you know I hope. That, that's, I hope they communicate well and that and that yeah. and that their relationship is 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 loving and strong. Yeah, that, that I can I can care less who who's in charge. I really yeah. don't and, care. And, and, and a picture doesn't give you really any of that information. Our business anyways. Yeah, it's not <laughs> whatever relationship they want, let them have. You know, okay, it's but kind of messed up to be judgmental like they that. They are public figures, and so yeah. and and as such, people get to, I mean, get yeah. to you know to overanalyze you know a photo on Time Magazine about them. Yep. It's so dumb. It is. Yeah. Insane. Let's move on to creepy. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, and just bizarre. Uh, bizarre is right. So a woman. So woman... I've, I've only read. Uh, I've only read the headline of this, but let me tell you uh, what I what I'm picturing here. Okay. Okay. Um, well, is, for, uh... Uh, read the headline. Read the headline first, so that they know what we're talking about. All right. Uh, a woman saw a gynecologist for nine years. Then she discovered he was her biological father. Lawsuit says. And I'm. <laughs> I'm kind of picturing that it was like uh, that. Oh, he knew right away that he was her long lost daughter because he had uh, the uh, the classic Smithford vagina. <laughs> so he knew it right yeah, away. He, and he, he, he never he never let on. So and, yeah. uh, and now that's why she's... <laughs> So he knew it. He knew it right away, but he still continued to treat her for nine years. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, well, he knew from the birth. Right. The so, well, yeah. okay. Yeah. Exactly. So here's so here's the situation. So this woman, she um. Uh, she had been having some um, some bleeding issues or something, and and her her mom recommended that she go to her gynecologist. And in the midst of doing stuff, I guess he said some some weird stuff in that. So, but she had been told that when she was when she was young, that um, her mom and dad were having trouble conceiving, and while she was their daughter, that they did they did end up using a um, a sperm donor and in virtual fertilization. To, to get pregnant him. and yeah, so through him through the gynecologist right and so they went to the gynecologist to do it now it's supposed to be somebody some a what medical is it? student a medical student right yeah so so but she got suspicious after a certain well, amount of time <laughs> she got suspicious after he invited his wife into the examining room to meet her which to me is one of the weirdest things. Like, that is what? weird. Yeah, that would just be bizarre. It's like, ah, nice to meet you. Look at her features. Don't they look familiar? So she starts doing what DNA testing, right? And 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 she and found some other people. And so she starts finding um, siblings and half siblings, yeah, half siblings, including the the uh, the the doctor's own daughter, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that one of them. Yeah. So yeah, that was the final one. I that think. was the final one, right? So yeah. So. The, so so yeah, her, we've heard this story before. Found the doc, the, the the doctor's official daughter, you know, the one he, you know, officially right. has, and they did a DNA test with her that showed it was ninety nine point nine percent chance that they're related. Yeah, that's pretty strong. So he, so but here's the thing: he knew for nine years that he was treating his own daughter, mm-hmm. and that's the part of this that is creepy. We we've heard, uh, and obviously he would he at the same time he was donating his sperm to, to, to everybody who came, you know, for yeah. you know, in virtual fertilization. <laughs> a, a good half dozen children or more out there are his. And why do we keep hearing this story? That every time somebody <laughs> goes to, to one of these places, it ends up being the doctor's sperm, right? How, they, they, there's been <laughs> quite a few of these. easier to acquire. Like, yeah, I need some sperm. Okay, give me a mag. Give me five minutes. Here you go. Tell them this one's a Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so 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 it's messed up to begin with. The next level oh where God. he's treating he's the gynecologist to his own daughter, invites his own wife and say, "Hey, honey, doesn't this woman look a lot like me? As if we could be related?" Can you imagine? <laughs> like, oh, he knew oh. from the beginning. Yeah, that wasn't a very good idea. No. Yeah. Woo, creepy. So so I don't. He, apparently they're <laughs> they're suing him, but I mean. And look at that. Uh, the vagina is the classic Smithford vagina right there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I found it creepy. It's, it's yeah. like, what the fuck? All right. Havana syndrome. What's Havana syndrome? Ah, 
so I guess we haven't talked about that before. Uh, let me just open up the article here. Yes, uh, Havana syndrome, if you haven't heard about it. Um, this is it's something that dates back to uh, 2016. You see, um, I think we may have talked about because it, it did sound familiar to me. I think we have we, it was all, all I, that time ago. I, I think I feel like we've talked about back, this back in 2016. Under, I don't known as Havana syndrome. That's so exactly. It. I think we talked. Yeah. I think we talked about but, 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 it as something this, else. Yeah, what's described in the article sounds like something we had talked about. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So Cuban scientists say Havana syndrome theory violates law of physics, and I think they're correct. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's it's a pretty interesting story about Havana Syndrome, I guess, uh, to uh, we can uh, refresh everybody about this. This happened in 2016, um, started with some uh, happened in Havana, Havana, and uh, ultimately 21 uh, people ca- came down with what was termed uh, Havana Syndrome eventually. It's like it started off with one person and then uh, others. Uh, and uh, what seemed to be a, a lot of it uh, seemed to be stuff like just uh, they were getting like weird pressure and headaches. Some of them heard a weird noise, not all of them. Although some people think that that was just cicadas, a, a weird type of cicada that was in the area at the time that they heard. Doctors have looked at them and they said they they found anomalies, neural anomalies that indicate some kind of damage done. Although, like uh, others argue that, all right, well, but this this kind of damage can also be done psychogenic uh, incidents. But yeah, basically, it, it went kind of crazy. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, like uh, a lot of people were suspecting the Cubans were doing something to uh, they, they, that they had some sort of weird science beam. This became seems from what i've been uh listening to and hearing reading and stuff like the, the main theory that became that it was some sort of uh beam so either microwave or sonic beam that uh made people uh feel sick for what reason yeah. nobody could say but you know but that God, you could God, actually aim with that precision at one person to make a very specific person sick <laughs> oh yes yes because uh, uh in a lot of cases there there were other people in the room uh, in the area, and but only one person uh, yeah. felt uh, the these effects. So, like, yeah, that that'd be very specifically like uh, aimed at uh, the one person. And why? Like, none of these people, I think, were that important. But uh, yeah, like the the whole conspiracy theory that some something of this it, it caused uh, actual like uh, diplomatic issues uh, in that embassies were withdrawing um, uh, diplomats and stuff. Protests uh, of these uh, so-called attacks of Trump. Uh, came out saying that uh, he believed Cuba was behind uh, uh, behind this. Um, there, there were actual instructions given employees and agents and stuff in the area that it was, if you start feeling these effects, basically the, the the advice was, oh, get off the X. Basically, be, you get get out of the spot. Try to get behind a concrete wall, mm. which is weird because like uh, you, even if there was an attack, you don't know which direction it's coming from. Yeah. Behind from which direction? Well, no. Dumbass, don't you watch movies? All guns with that precision have a laser pointer and will be pointed right ahead. So all you have to do is, I'm feeling sick. Hold your hand up, figure out where the laser pointer is coming from, and you'll know that where they're targeting you. Uh, a lot of people think it's uh, mostly just a bit of mass hysteria. Not that many people affected. Uh, basically, um, like a lot of it could be mass hysteria. There, uh, there are other like uh, theories put forward. Could be like an ear infection. I've heard. Um, the, that's a possibility. Could be some of them uh, had those symptoms because of that. There could be a number of things that uh, develop these kind of uh, symptoms. So I need to point you to something called the Brown Note. Have you have you heard this? Yes, I have heard of the it. Brown Note. Is a, a whole episode on it. <laughs> exactly. The Brown Note is a uh, hip, 
hypnotical infrasonic frequency that would cause a human to lose their bowels to, due to uh, response. Attempts to demonstrate the existence of the brown notes with an ultrasonic wave determine that the, in the air has failed. But it's along the same kinds, uh, kind of lines. It's, it, it feels me like it's the same myth. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, well, yeah. Well, supposedly, I think it was Telsa had a supersonic weapon that could wipe out a forest or something like that. You know, there, there's been all sorts of conspiracy stuff about um, the power of Sonic. And like I said, this one, one of the things to me that sticks out is the fact that it's not saying the whole population was affected. It's saying specific individuals were affected, which... Right. That, that, that technology is really crazy. Exactly. I mean, that, yeah. You, know, you, you want to say a Sonic thing? You know, we know there are frequencies and stuff that messes with you. Um, if you Brian and Baxter have a story about um, investigating a jail cell that had a high rate of suicides. And what they found was the whatever frequency coming out of the fan would drive you mad. But it's any, you know, it was that sure. cell. It wasn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was directed. You put someone in that cell where they're trapped with the sound, it drives them mad. That's different it, than it, what the you know, claims are here, though. Yeah. Yeah, these people were freely walking around. They're not, you know. So if, if a thing like that was going on, it would affect the whole population. That there'd be hundreds, if not thousands, of people being affected by it at once, not just these handful of um, individuals. Yeah, and it kind of kind of makes no sense. Like, uh, why would anybody be doing this? Right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes no sense. I mean, like uh, the the Cuban and American governments are a little uh, antagonistic, but they're, they're not gonna they're they're not walking around just. Uh, it, if if it uh, did amount to anything, like nobody was killed, right? I mean, uh, if it amounted to anything, it would amount to like a really mean prank, I guess. But like, why? Yeah, it would be easier just to feed her laxative. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the brown note. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I I think it's funny just how much credibility people give these kinds of things. Yeah, there's it, just it's just there's no plausibility for it. Mm-hmm. All right, what's what do we got next? Ah, yeah, this, uh, uh, I figured, uh, this would be, uh, kind of nice. Um, uh, the, this, uh, article that I've got here, it's actually, like, uh, talking about two unrelated, uh, things, cause, um, the book that it's talking about isn't related to, uh, the, the music, but, uh, um, there, there is an interesting article here, uh, um, less interesting for our audio podcast, uh, there, uh, it's about a, Indian children's book that encourages children to listen to the universe. The uh, next part of this is that uh, there is an actual way that you can listen to the universe. In an album out there set out uh, by a Belgian mathematician, lecturer, and electronic musician uh, by the name of Valerie Vermeulen. Basically songs that have created from uh, data associated with black holes. I think that's a great idea. I, I love that idea. I haven't heard the music. Maybe uh, I don't. But uh, uh, do you, would you? Uh, no, the, um, I know you have the fancy equipment to like uh, uh, put it through and play stuff. Would you like to uh, load some of that up and play play some some of that? Uh, do you have a link? Sure. It's uh, right in the article here. Okay. Um, let me. Um... Well, now we just need to um, figure out how to smell it because supposedly there's like some nebula or something that smells like raspberries. What? <laughs> uh, there's a whole thing. It, it, it's very, it's very trippy, very trippy music, very new agey sounding, uh, very, very pleasant. Um, uh, uh, Brian can give us a taste of it. There we go. Here, yeah, there. okay. Here, right. let's see if it does it. Oh, okay, so, so it's coming off of SoundCloud. I have no idea what the license is of this, so we won't play very long. Uh, I believe this is the official thing, so uh, yeah, we'll probably... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it goes on pretty long. I, I'm, pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll be within. Uh... Huh. Well, I remember there was a real cool thing recently about actually sending sounds back from Mars. So we actually, on file, NASA have the actual what the Martian landscape sounds like now. Okay. And that was another big thing with the Mars rovers. Like, no, we can actually send the sounds back now so we can actually hear Mars. And I know that's out there. If you go to NASA's website, you can actually listen to Mars. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I guess you don't have to listen longer, but it's, it has a, it's an interesting, very deep baritonish kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah, play a little bit more of that. Okay. We're going to skip somewhere to the center. Uh, yeah, drift off to that. I want you to imagine that you are caught in deep space. You are floating. You are floating. Getting lighter and lighter as it goes on. <laughs> and you see above you there is a light. And out of the light reaches a hand. You reach out to grab that hand and it is the hand of Satan, our Lord and Savior. Our atheist <laughs> Lord and Savior. Uh, you've just come by to say... Great job, guys. You're doing a, you're doing amazing. Thumbs up. It does sound like a uh, something you might hear at a guided meditation at the uh, at, you know the metaphysical festival. <laughs> so some very. I say to him, "See you later, Lucy." I call him Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> but do we know who owns those sounds? Yeah, who owns the moon? Baby, who owns all these planets? I mean, so, I uh, I assume it's owned by that uh, mathematician, um, but uh, or or mate. Uh, it seems well, to be out there for free. It says it says that this thing is a preview, but it the, the entire thing seems to be available uh, on SoundCloud for free. Yeah, it doesn't mean well, we can we can replay one, it. One guy, Dennis Hope, he owns the moon because he proclaimed he owned the moon. So uh, segueing <laughs> into our next thing. So this is interesting. I ran across this site. And this idea, this guy named um, Dennis Hope, who has for over 40 years now run the Lunar Embassy. And he apparently went through and sent paperwork out to the United Nations and such to proclaim he is the owner of the moon. And as they didn't do anything, then according to the loophole in the treaty, that means he um, was able to secure the rights to owning the moon. And so now he will sell you um, a batch of land on the moon. This is so crazy. Here, here's the here's the here's there's there's a couple of problems with. It. Number one, they don't have to respond to every crank that that right. sends them a document. And number two, if they didn't send you back a document acknowledging your claim, you don't have a claim. <laughs> right. But then, of course, I was doing more research. He's not the only one who's claiming. Although I think we've all heard of stuff. You can buy a star. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, They'll name one after you. After right. you and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but. Who actually owns you know, and it does get into the bigger question of who actually owns it. Um, so the treaty he was referring to, let's see if I can find. Um, so United Nations has a treaty that says that um, all of outer space um is international common. So basically, no one can own outer space. It, right. No, you know, it, it's common territory for all. You know, this is the official United Nations. Apparently, um, in 1967, declared that that way, you know, we can't go into space and be fighting over, you know, that that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Um, you know, that was pretty much established. So the, he's trying to say because of the way it's phrased, that only refers to governments, not individuals. Um, and I will admit, once we actually get out into space and could be doing that, there'll have to be changes. But for the time, it makes the most sense. That, yeah, no one owns any of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, lofty, uh, uh, lofty thing to say. Uh, 
Nobody owns this territory that we cannot enter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we do not make any claim on this vast territory that we have no way of enforcing. Here's the so, thing. If any of this was true, that, that that's fine. Let's send him the tax bill. <laughs> because here's the thing is that he's still going to have to pay his property taxes. And uh, and so based on the uh, based on the the number that he's selling the parcels for, you just multiply that by the surface of the moon. And does that include mineral rights? Maybe maybe he probably does. Let's let's charge him for that too while we're at it, and uh, and and send him a tax bill. Right? You think you own it? Pay the bill. So there is a Wikipedia page all about extraterrestrial real estate, and it's interesting to read the noticeable claims. Apparently, in 1953, a Gennaro Gerardo Vera claimed ownership of the moon. Martin Jurgens from Germany claimed the moon belonged to him and his family since 1756 when the Persian king presented it to his ancestor. So Dean Lindsay claimed that all extraterrestrial objects back in 1936, I guess a general claim saying all extraterrestrial objects belonged to him. And it sounds like he actually put a deed together for that. Yeah. Here's the thing uh, is that what, what this guy has tried to do is not novel, right? It's something yeah, that it, people it, have done all throughout history. And, and every, and you don't have, like I said, you don't have to respond to every crank. And there's a guy, Robert Coles, who did pretty much the same thing. He apparently was selling lots on the moon for $1 an acre. Just Dennis Hope just talked about three men from Yemen in 1997 sued NASA for invading Mars because they claimed they had heard the planet from their ancestors. Gregory Nemitz claims ownership of asteroid 433 Eros and was trying to get NASA to pay because they parked on it. Well, that, that's the other thing is that we're sending stuff to the moon all the time, right? Landers and different stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if we would owe him money if he actually owned any of it, which he doesn't. Yeah. But if he can get there, he's welcome to the resources. That's the thing. That's the whole thing about all of this is that nobody can own it, which means that if you can get there first, you, the resources are yours, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you can take and do what you want to, to those resources. So, I mean, if you can occupy the area, it probably does belong to you. But until you can occupy it, you're shit out of luck. Yeah, that, that, that's a big part of it all, you figure. But like I said, you know, we're still, people are still buying stars. It, it, you, you do wonder how you know how serious they take it sometimes, or how much, like in this guy's case, it's just a novelty thing saying, hey, I can make money off getting people to officially buy watch on the moon which i i don't think he actually thinks he owns it but he knows that there are people that will gladly pay money to get a certificate that says they own part of the moon and why not make money off people who are willing to do it? yeah and so it's so, so i guess it, it maybe it's an enterprising business venture or is it fraud and yeah that that you know where's the line i i completely agree with you there you know but so yeah there are you know interesting ideas of who owns what out there and i said until we actually get out there it's meaningless because if if you like brian said if you can't actually physically possess it 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 doesn't matter if you believe you own it or not yep yeah so i i just i i i i think that these cranks are funny until it starts costing other people money you know now you you don't get to name a star what Phineas and Ferb did a great episode about buying a star, but they, of course, were able to make the technology go out and check the star out. But that's a little different. Whole, yeah, that's a cartoon show, and you know, making a joke about it. My, my son Quinn is now a lord because he bought officially a square foot of land over in Scotland. I have a square foot of land in Scotland too, and it's because I bought a whiskey. 
and I have a certificate that says I own uh, a pe- a parcel that's is like one foot by one foot, but it's specifically at the Lafroig Distillery. It's non transferable. When when I die, I lose that. Right? I can't give it. I can't give it away. But because okay. I bought a bottle of Lafroig, I own I own a small parcel in 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 uh, at the distillery in uh, in Scotland. And you are so, so can you can you hire a guy to to stand on that spot uh, and, <laughs> and guard your land for you and like to, to like uh, call you call you Lord when you approach and I, I, I maybe but he probably has to leave when the distillery closes in the evening <laughs> and, then, no, and then they're then they're the expected thing. to defend it for me yeah. right the, the... right it, it's a meaningless gesture that. People do just for amusement say, hey, look, I have this certificate that says I own land in Scotland, therefore I'm a lord. And well, I, you know, you know, I have mean, to give me my proper title. That's what Lefroy is doing. Being ad for the for the, those services popping up on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, Lefroy knows exactly what they're doing, right? I mean, it, it, the, the, it's just a it's just a fun little thing that they can do. It costs them nothing, and yeah. you know, and I, and I have a little piece of paper. That you know that says I, I I you know I have one square foot because I bought a bottle of whiskey. I'm going to just uh, start saying that uh, I bought myself a Lord title. It means exactly the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well that, we had a whole conversation about that. He's like, "Well, you need to call me Lord." Now. I was like, "Well, since I'm actually a um, ordained minister, um, if, if we go by the mentality of that time, I actually um, you know depending on how it works, I actually have more power than you." <laughs> And I'm still your dad, you little shit. <laughs> and yeah, and this is my um land that you are in right now, which um you know means you're supposed to show me respect for being in um you know. He's right. You call me emperor, home. you little whelp. <laughs> That's funny. No, that, that kind of stuff is fun. I yeah. appreciate that. But kind of but, stuff. Uh, but now you're gonna have to figure out how to deal with it when he claims diplomatic immunity after uh, <laughs> uh, eating those snacks that you were saving in the fridge. <laughs> uh, all right. So he's gonna proclaim his room uh, um, embassy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that disappointment, say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's another one in the Scottish can. <laughs> Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 License. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.